Hello. Hello. Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two, three. Don't break me. One, two, three. That's not what I meant. Oh, that's a different song, isn't it? Yes. I wasn't even singing a song. Oh, I thought you were trying to sing one, two, three. Give me a second. Okay, what are we Help doing in this episode? Are we just like... back to, to banana jeans. I have a special person here today. My girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh. Don't mind me, I'm just tying my hair I listened to your podcast episode earlier today, and I listened to Stephanie sing the Spongebob theme in a Russian accent and it literally killed me. Uh, I couldn't believe she said Beyonce. Well, <laughs> like, she's like, we're coming for you. I was like... Ah, no, we dropped my matches. Wait, what? I didn't say that, but I, I have a box of matches that was open and I dropped it. Uh-oh. So what is the topic of today? I don't today? know. We could sing some songs. We could tell scary stories. Me and Gabe were talking mostly about TMNT and Bumblebee yeah. yesterday. And then I heard you were like... <laughs> and Gabe didn't For- say what the Bumble- drink was called. Baby. You know, the Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew one was called. It's called a Deku Martini. Yeah. Oh, it is? That's the name that Gabe mm-hmm. gave it when I was over over Christmas break when Chelsea was over. That sounds fun. That actually honestly makes sense, though. I went off of this. I have a question for you. You do? Yes. I asked this in a previous episode, but is water wet and is fire burnt? Well, a bringer of wetness is wet, obviously. And the bringer burns is burnt. Well, it doesn't have to be burnt. It's just... Are you sure about that? A bringer of wetness has to be wet. But a bringer of, like, burns and stuff doesn't have to be burnt. It has to be hot enough to burn this... to blister the skin to what we would call a burn. Right. So does that answer your So, funny story. Funny story. I was making a spaghetti this to earlier today for lunch. And, uh, huh? Go in. You're so weird. And I will, I, okay, so, I was. Ren. Spaghetti earlier. And I was stirring the spaghetti, and I grabbed tongs because I couldn't find the spaghetti spoon. And there was boiling hot water that splashed on my foot. Ow. And it hurt. Ow. Yeah, it sounds like it hurts. 
Also, I cleaned my entire room except for Ren's side because she barely did anything. That's good. And well, that makes two of us. I think so we're good. Well, we both cleaned our rooms. Hmm. What do you want to do? I have like I have um a creepy pasta pulled up. If you want me to read it? You've got a what? What kind the of Russian police experiment? Oh, I've heard of that. Have one you read before. it? <laughs> yes. It's really good. Yes, it is. Can really we read it? Have you heard of no? Have you heard of No End House? Yes, I have. Do you want me to pull it up and we can and I can read it to you? Ha- no, I've I've I actually listened to a podcast of this person that was reading it. And it was, it actually gave me, like, really creepy vibes opening a door in my house for the next few days. Yeah. Hold on. I was just like, uh, there's gonna be, like, a pitch black pit of void in the next room. Okay. Uh. Okay, what? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. I feel like this is gonna be a mix of like scary stuff, singing at the same time, and more Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For no reason. I I just got that feeling. Somebody's watching me. And I don't know why. <laughs> and the estimated really time is Jesus Christ. That's a lot of minutes, and we're already six minutes into this somehow. Okay. <laughs> let, let me let me turn off the light. You I got to candle. I have a singular candle burning. You let must turn, You must enable creepy voice. You must do it. What kind of creepy voice? Enable. Just. If you were to talk and read the podcast, read to the podcast like this. So this is double as creepy because I'm in the dark with the candle lit. (laughs) We were friends in college and continued to be after I graduated. Notice I said I. He dropped out after two years of barely cutting it. After I moved out of the dorms and into a small apartment, I didn't see Peter as much. We would talk online every now and again. AIM was king in pre-Facebook years. There was a period where he wasn't online for about five weeks straight. I wasn't worried. He was a pretty notorious flake and drug addict. So I assumed he just stopped caring. Then one night, I saw him log on. Before I could initiate a conversation, he sent me a message. David, man, we need to talk. That was when he told me about the No End House. It got that name because no one had ever reached the final exit. The rules were pretty simple and cliche. Reach the final room of the building and you win $500. There were nine rooms in all. 
The house was located outside the city, roughly four miles from my house. Apparently, Peter had tried and failed. He was a heroin and who knows what the fuck addict. So I figured the drugs got the best of him and he wigged out at a paper ghost or something. He told me it would be too much for anyone, that it was unnatural. I didn't believe him. I told him I would check it out the next night and no matter how hard he tried to convince me otherwise. $500 sounded too good to be true. I had to go. I set out the following night. When I arrived, I immediately noticed something strange about the building. Have you ever seen or read something that shouldn't be scary, but for some reason a chill crawls up your spine? I walked toward the building, and the feeling of uneasiness only intensified as I opened the front door. My heart slowed, and I let out a, and I let a relief sigh leave me as I entered. The room looked like a normal hotel lobby decorated for Halloween. A sign was posted in place of a worker. It read, Room one this way, eight more to follow, reach the end and you win. I chuckled and made my way to the first door. The first area was almost laughable. The decor resembled the Halloween aisle of a Kmart complete with chic ghosts and animatronic zombies that gave a static growl when you passed by. At the far end was an exit. It was the only door besides the one that I, an that I entered through. I brushed through the fake spider webs and headed for the second door, for the second room. I was greeted by fog as I opened the door to room two. The room definitely up to the ante in terms of technology. Not only was there a fog machine, but a bat hung from the ceiling and flew in a circle. Scary. They seemed to have a Halloween soundtrack that one would find at a 99 cent store on loop somewhere in the store. And we're in the room. Okay, try to read something. I didn't see a stare. of my little brother. I only had one today. I guess we gotta cut this out now, do I? No, I didn't see a stereo, but I guess they must have used a PA system. I stepped over a few toy rats that wheeled around and walked with a puffed chest across to the next area. I reached for the doorknob and my heart sank to my knees. I did not want to open that door feeling of dread hit me so hard I could barely think. Logic overtook me after a few terrifying moments and I shook it off and entered the next room. Room three is when things begin to change. On the surface it looked like a normal room. There was a chair in the middle of a wood paneled floor. A single lamp in the corner did a poor job of lighting the area casting a few shadows across the floor and walls. That was the shadow. That was the problem. Shadows. Plural. With the exception of the chairs, there were others. I had barely walked in the room, in the door, and I was already terrified. It was at that moment that I knew something 
wasn't right. I didn't even think of it automatically try to open the door. I came through. It was locked from the other side. That set me off. Was someone locking the doors as I progressed? There was no way. I would have heard them. Was it a mechanical lock that set automatically? Maybe. But I was too scared. I keep yawning. But I was too scared to really think. I turned back to the room and the shadows were gone. But the chair's shadow remained. But the others were gone. I slowly began to walk. I used to hallucinate when I was a kid. So I wrote off the shadows as a figment of my imagination. I began to feel better as I as I made it to the halfway point of the room. I looked down as I took my steps, and that's when I saw it, or didn't see it. My shadow wasn't there. What? I ran as fast as I could to the other door and flung myself without thinking into the room beyond. They're never like this whenever I'm trying to film an act, whenever I'm trying to film the other part of the other podcast. <laughs> Logan never comes in my room when I'm trying to do that one. Maybe I should just lock my door. So he can't come in. Sure. But is it like are you is the voice okay? Yeah, the voice is, the voice is actually really good. It sounds like the voice that I heard on the podcast that I listened to this uh mm. actually. The fourth room was possibly the most disturbing. As I closed the door, all lights seemed to be sucked out and put back into the previous room. I stood there, surrounded by darkness, not being able to move. Keep yawning. I'm not afraid of the dark and never have been. But I was absolutely terrified. All sight had left me. I held my hand in front of my face, and if I didn't know what I was doing, I would never have been able to tell. Darkness doesn't describe it. Couldn't hear anything. It was dead silent. When you're in a soundproof room, you can still yourself breathing. You can hear yourself being alive. Night, Logan. What? I'm giving you affection. Sorry for tickling you. Okay, go, go, go. Be gone. Now I'm gonna have to edit this. <laughs> yeah. Dang. I'm sorry. It's okay. I could. 
I began to stumble forward after a few moments, my rapidly beating heart the only thing I could feel. There was no door in sight, wasn't even sure there was this time. The silence was broken by a low hum. I felt something behind me. I spun around wildly, but could barely even see my nose. I knew it was there though, regardless of how dark it was. I knew something was there. The hum grew louder, closer, it seemed to surround me, but I knew whatever was causing the noise was in front of me, inching closer. I took a step back, I had never, re- I had never felt that kind of fear. I can't really describe true fear. I wasn't even scared I was going to die. I was scared of what the alternative was. I was afraid of what this thing had in store for me. Then the lights flashed for a second and I saw it. Nothing. I saw nothing and I know I saw nothing there. The room was again plunged into darkness and the hum became a wild screech. I screamed in protest. Couldn't hear this goddamn sound for another minute. I ran backwards away from the noise and stumbled for the door handle. I turned and fell into room 5. Before I describe room 5, I have to understand something. I am not a drug addict. I have no history of drug abuse or any psychosis short of the childhood hallucinations I mentioned earlier. And those were really only when I was really tired or just waking up. I entered the no-end house with a clear head. After falling in from the previous room, my view of room 5 was from my back, looking up at the ceiling. What I saw didn't scare me. It simply surprised me. Trees had grown to the room and towered above my head. The ceiling in this room were taller than the others, which made me think I was in the center of the house. I got up, dusted myself off, and took a look around. It was definitely the biggest room of them all, and I couldn't even see the door from where I was. Various bush and trees must have blocked my line of sight with the exit. Up to this point, I figured the rooms were going to get scarier. But this was a paradise compared to the last room. I also assumed whatever was in room 4 stayed back there. I was incredibly wrong. As I made my way deeper into the room, I began to hear what one would hear, what one would hear if they were in a forest. Chirping bugs and
and the occasional flap of birds seemed to be the only company in, to be my only company in this room. That was the that was the thing that bothered me the most. I heard the bugs and the other animals, but I didn't see them. I began to wonder how big this house was. From the outside when I first walked up to it, it looked like a regular house. It's definitely on the bigger side, but this was almost a whole forest. The canopy covered my covered my view of the ceiling. But I assumed it was there, however high it was. I'm sorry, I keep going. You're fine. I couldn't see any walls either. The only way the only way I knew I was still inside was that the floor matched the other rooms. The standard dark wood paneling. I kept walking, hoping that the next tree I passed would reveal the door. After a mo- few moments of walking, I felt a mosquito fly onto my arm. I shook it off and kept going. A second later, I felt about ten more land on my skin at different places. I felt them crawl up and down my arms and legs, and a few made their way across my face. I flailed wildly to get them all off, but they just kept crawling. I looked down and let out a muffled scream or a whimper. To be honest, I didn't see a single bug. Not one bug was on me. But I could feel them crawl. I heard them fly by my face and sting my skin, but I couldn't see a single one. I dropped to the ground and began to roll wildly. I was desperate. I hated bugs, especially especially ones I couldn't see or touch. But these bugs could touch me, and they were everywhere. I began to crawl. I had no idea where I was going. The entrance was nowhere in sight, and I still hadn't even seen the exit. So I just crawled, my skin wriggling with the presence of those phantom bugs. After what seemed like hours, I found the door. I grabbed the nearest tree and propped myself up, mindlessly slapping my arms and legs to no avail. I tried to run, but I couldn't. My body was exhausted from crawling and dealing with whatever it was that was on me. I took a few shaky steps to the door, grabbing each tree on the way for support. It was only a few feet away when I heard it, the low hum from before. It was coming from the next room and it was deeper. I could almost feel it inside my body, like when you stand next to an amp at a concert. The feeling of bugs on me lessened as the hum grew louder. As I placed my hand on the doorknob, the bugs were completely gone, but I couldn't bring myself to turn the knob. I knew that if I let go, the bugs would return, and there was no way I would make it back to room 4. I just stood there, my head pressed against the door, March 6, 
my hand shakily grasping the knob. The hum was so loud I couldn't even hear myself pretend to think. There was nothing I could do but move on. Room six was next, and room six was hell. I closed the door behind me, my eyes held shut and my ears ringing. The hum was surrounding me as the door clicked into place. The hum was gone. I opened my eyes in surprise and the door I had just shut was gone. It was just a wall now. I looked around in shock. The room was identical to room three. The same chair and lamp, but with the correct amount of shadows this time. The only real difference that there was no exit door and the one I came in through was gone. As I said before, I had no previous issues in terms of mental instability, but at that point I fell into what I now know was insanity. I didn't scream. I didn't make a sound. First I scratched softly. The wall was tough, but I knew the door was there somewhere. I just knew it was. I scratched at where the doorknob was. I clawed with frantically with both hands, my nails being filed down to the skin against the wood. The only sound in the room was the incessant scratching against the wall. I knew it was there. The door was there. I knew it was just there. From I knew if I could just get past this wall. Are you alright? I jumped off the ground and spun in one motion. I leaned against the wall and behind me and I saw it was and I saw what it was that spoke to me. To this day I regret ever turning around. There was a little girl. She was wearing a soft white dress that went down to her ankles. She had, a, she had long blonde hair to the middle of her back, and white skin and blue eyes. She was the most frightening thing I would ever seen, and I know that nothing in my life will ever be as, as unnerving as her, as what I saw in her. While looking at her, I saw something else. Where she stood, I saw what looked like a man's body only larger than normal and covered in hair. He was naked from head to toe, but his hand but his head was not human, and his toes were and his toes were hooves. It wasn't the devil, but at that moment it might as well have been. The form had the head of a ram and this note of a wolf. It was uh, it was horrifying, and it was synonymous with the little girl in front of me. They were the same form. I can't really describe it, but I saw them at the same time. They shared the same spot in that room, but it looked, but it was like looking at two separate dimensions. When I saw the girl, I saw this form, and when I saw the form, I saw the girl. I could. I couldn't speak. I could barely even. That's right. Very nice.
So, I think this is a good time to take a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Because we're at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. So, if you I need can... a snack or anything, go get a snack. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, I will be right back, too. Hey, Annalise. Yeah? If I'm not back... Uh, by the time you come back, it's because I'm making popcorn. Okay. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm getting
Hey, Frond. Are you back? Hello. I have a question. Yeah. You think that we can make a part two of this when I come back because mom wants to talk to me for a little bit? Uh, yeah. So I'll cut this and then I'll edit it to like get out all that blank nothingness. Yeah. And then we'll do part two where you left off when I come back. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay. Hello. Hello. Okay, well, welcome to the second part of the creepypasta reading No End House on banana jeans. Thank you. That podcast name is so weird. Yeah. I actually stayed true to what I said in the last the last part and I did actually go get popcorn. I I, I didn't say what I was getting, but I got popcorn. You did too? Small, short story about popcorn. Maybe a little bit of a topic. What do you put on your popcorn? Nothing. Nothing? Mm Mm-hmm. That seems weird. Strange. But mine's probably stranger. I don't know. I just don't put put it. Have you ever heard of the lime salt tagine? You know, that stuff that almost killed you? Mm Mm-hmm. I put excessive amounts of that on my popcorn. And Parmesan cheese. Thanks. I put well, Parmesan cheese on my popcorn. Let us finish this podcast reading. I couldn't speak. I could barely even see. My mind was revolting against what it was attempting to process. I was... I had been scared before in my life, and I have never been more scared than I, than when I was trapped in the fourth room, but that was before room six. I just stood there, staring at whatever it was that spoke to me. There was no exit, I was trapped in here with it, and it spoke again. David? You should have listened. When it spoke, I heard the words of the little girl. The other form spoke through my mind in a voice I won't attempt to describe. There was no other sound. The voice just kept repeating that sentence over and over in my mind. And I agreed. I didn't know what to do. I was slipping into madness, yet couldn't take my eyes off of what was in front of me. I dropped to the floor, thought I had passed out, but the room wouldn't let me. I just wanted it to end. I was on my side, my eyes open, and the form staring down at me, scurrying across the floor in front of me, was one of the battery-powered rats from the second room. This, the house, was toying with me, but for some reason, seeing that rat pulled my mind back from whatever 
depths it was headed, and I looked around the room. I was heating out of there. I was determined to get out of the out house, out of that house, and live and never think about this place again. I knew this room was hell, and I wasn't ready to take up a residency. At first, it was just my eyes that moved. I searched the walls for any kind of opening. The room wasn't that big, so it didn't take long to soak up in the entire layout. The demon still taunted me, the, loud, the voice growing louder as the form stayed rooted where it stood. I placed my hand on the floor, lifted myself to uh oh, four. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I began to scan the wall behind me. Then I saw something I wouldn't believe. The form was right, was now right at my back, whispering into my mind how I shouldn't have come. I felt its breath on the back of my neck, but I refused to turn around. A large rectangle was scratched into the wood, with a small dent chipped away in the center of it. Right in front of my eyes, I saw the large seven I had mindlessly etched into the wall. I knew, it was, I knew what it was. Room seven was just beyond that wall where room five was moments ago. I don't know how I had done it. Maybe it was just my state of mind at the time. But I had created the door. I knew I had. In my madness, I had scratched into the wall what I needed the most, an exit into the next room. Room 7 was close. I knew the demon was right behind me, but for some reason, it couldn't touch me. I closed my eyes and placed both hands on large 7 in front of me. I pushed. I pushed as hard as I could. The demon was now screaming in my ear. It told me I was never leaving. It told me that this was the end, but I wasn't going to die. I was going to live there in room six with it. I wasn't. I pushed and screamed at the top of my lungs. I knew I was going to push through the wall eventually. I clenched my eyes shut and screamed. Another yawn. And the demon was gone. <laughs> I was left in silence. I turned around slowly and was greeted by the room as it was when I entered. Just a chair and a lap and the lamp. I couldn't believe it. But I didn't have time too well. I turned back to the seven and jumped back slightly. What I saw was a door. It wasn't the one I had scratched in, but a regular door with a large seven on it. My whole body was shaking. It took me a while to turn the knob. I just stood there for a while, staring at the door. I couldn't stay in room six, I knew it. I couldn't. But if this was only room six, I couldn't imagine what seven had in store. I must have stood there for an hour, just staring at the seven. Finally, with a deep breath, I twisted the knob and opened the door to room seven. 
I stumbled through the door, mentally exhausted, exhausted, and physically weak. The door behind me closed, and I realized where I was. I was outside, not outside, like room five, but actually outside. My eyes stung. I wanted to cry. I fell to my knees and tried, but I couldn't. I was finally out of that hell. Didn't even care about the prize that was promised. I turned and saw the door. The, saw that the door I just went through was the entrance. I walked to my car and drove home, thinking how of how nice a shower sounded. As I pulled out to my house, I felt uneasy. The joy of leaving no end house had faded and dread was slowly building in my stomach. I shook it off as residual from the house. Residual from the house and made my way to my front door. I entered and immediately went up to my room. There on my bed was my cat in Baskerville. He was the first living thing I had seen all night. And I reached to pet him. He hissed and swiped at my hand. I recoiled in shock, as he had never acted like that. I thought, whatever, he's just an old cat. I jumped in the shower and got ready for what I was expecting to be a sleepless night. After, after my shower, I descended the stairs, another yawn, and turned yawn. to the family wall. What I saw would be forever burned into my mind. Mm-hmm. What is it? Oh, nothing. My thing just, like, decided to freeze. My parents were lying on the ground, naked and covered in blood. They were mutilated to near unidentifiable states. Their limbs were removed and placed next to their bodies, and their heads were placed on their chests, facing me. The most unsettling part was their expressions. They were smiling, as though they were happy to see me. I vomited and sobbed there in the family room. I didn't know what had happened. They didn't even live with me at the time. I was a mess. Then I saw it. A door that was never there before. A door with a large eight scrawled on it in blood. I was still in the house. I was standing in my family room. But I was in room seven. The faces of my parents smiled wider when I realized this. They weren't my parents. They couldn't be. But they looked exactly like them. The door marked eight was across the room, behind the mutilated bodies in front of me. I knew I had to move on, but at that moment I gave up. The smiling faces tore into my mind. They grounded me where I stood. I vomited again and nearly collapsed. Then the hum returned. It was louder than ever and it filled the house 
shook the walls um, compelled me to walk began to walk slowly making my way closer to the door and the bodies I could barely stand let alone walk and the closer I got to my parents the closer I came to suicide the walls were were now shaking so hard it seemed as though they were going to crumble but the faces smiled at me as I inched closer their eyes followed me was now between the two bodies a few feet away from the door the dismembered hands clawed their way across the carpet towards me all while the faces continued to stare new terror washed over me and I began to walk faster I didn't want to hear them speak I didn't want the voices to match those of my parents They began to open their mouths, and my hands were inches from my feet. In a dash of desperation, I lunged towards the door, threw it up, and slammed it behind me. Room 8. I was done. After what I had just experienced, I knew there wasn't anything else this fucking house could throw at me that I couldn't live through. There wasn't short of the fires of hell that I wasn't ready for. Unfortunately, I underestimated the abilities of the no-hand house. Unfortunately, things disturbing, more terrifying, and more unspeakable in room 8. I still have trouble believing what I saw in room 8. Again. The room was a carbon copy of rooms 3 and 6, but sitting in the usually empty chair was a man. After a few seconds of disbelief, my mind finally accepted the fact that the man sitting in the chair was me. Not someone who looked like me, it was David Billings. I walked closer. I had to get a better look, even though I was sure of it. He looked up at me, and I noticed tears in his eyes. Please, please don't do it. Please don't hurt me. What? I asked. Who are you? I'm not going to hurt you. (laughs) Yes, you are. He was sobbing now. You are going to hurt me, and I don't want you to. He sat in the chair with his legs up and began rocking back and forth. It was actually pretty pathetic looking, especially since it was me, identical in every way. Listen, who are you? I was now only a few feet from my doppelganger. It was the weirdest experience yet, standing there, talking to myself. I wasn't scared. I would be soon. Why are you? You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. If you want to leave, you're going to hurt me. Why are you saying this? Just calm down, alright? I'm just trying to figure this. And then I saw it. The David sitting down, wearing the same clothes as me, except for a small red 
patch on his shirt, embroidered with the number nine. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. Don't, please, you're going to hurt me. My eyes didn't leave that small number on his chest. I knew exactly what what it was. The first few doors were plain and simple, but after a while they got more ambiguous. Seven was scratched into the wall, but by my own hands. Eight was marked in blood above the bodies of my parents. The number one a person. A living person. Worse still, it was a person that looked exactly like me. Eight. I had to ask. Yes, you're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. He continued to sob and rock. He answered to David. He was me, right down to the place. But at nine, I paced around the, the around for three minutes while he sobbed in his chair. The room had no door, and similarly to room six, the door I came through was gone. For some reason, I assumed that scratching would get me nowhere this time. I studied the walls and floor around the chair, shaking my head underneath and seeing if there was anything below. Unfortunately, there was. Below the chair was a knife, tapped with a tag that read, To David from Management. The feeling in my stomach as I read that tag was something sinister. I wanted to throw up, and the last thing I wanted to do was remove that knife from under that chair. The other David was still sobbing uncontrollably. My mind was spinning into an attic of unanswerable questions. Who put this here, and how did they get my name? Not mention the fact it knelt on the cold wood floor. I also sat in that chair, sobbing in protest of being hurt by myself. The house and the management have been playing with me this whole time. My my thoughts, for some reason, turned to Peter and whether or not he got this far. If he did, he met a Peter Terry sobbing in this very chair, back and forth. I shook those thoughts out of my head. They didn't matter. I took the knife from under the chair. Suddenly, immediately, the other David went quiet. David, he said in my voice, what do you think you're going to do? I lifted myself from the ground and clenched the knife in my hand. I'm going to get out of here. David was still sitting sitting in the chair, though he was very calm now. He looked up at me with a slight grin. I couldn't tell if he was going to laugh or strangle me. Slowly, he got up from the chair and stood facing me. It was uncanny. His height and even the way he stood matched mine. I felt the rubber hilt 
of the knife in my hand and gripped it tighter. I didn't know what I was planning on doing with it, but I had a feeling I was going to need it. Ow. His voice slightly deeper than my own. I'm going to hurt you. Going to hurt you, and I'm going to keep you here. I didn't respond. I just lunged and tackled him to the ground. I had mounted him and looked down, knife poised and ready. He looked up at me, terrified. It was like I was looking in the mirror. Then the hum returned, low and distant, though I felt it deep in my body. Hello. Hello and welcome back to the third part of Noah and House brought to you by Banana Jeans. Banana <laughs> Jeans. And my reoccurring special guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you say you wanted me to read the last few parts? Yes. I must pull up the thingy. Okay, um... What do I look up anyway? Just look up, um, No End House Creepypasta and don't click on the wiki. Click on the actual site. Give me a second. Um. Dang, this story is very long. So, yeah. Where did we leave off? Um, hmm. After he was like about to stab his doppelganger, right? Yeah. Hey, Maddie. What? Guess what? What? So, I'm in this server. You know, it's like a therapy server. Uh And I scored the role of therapist. (gasps) No way. Yeah, and and I have an appointment tomorrow at 3 p.m. Cool. So it was like I had I had I had mounted him and 
whip down knife poison ready is where we stopped, right? Yes. Okay. How do I enable creepy voice? <laughs> Just make your voice sound like this. Nice. You gotta really bring out the gross in your voice. Oh boy. <laughs> That's hard for me to do. Ah. Okay, but before we start this, guess what? Also, what happened today? I'm listening. Um, we let the baby kitty out to explore the living room and dining room. She really liked it, and it was so cute. <laughs> And she went into the little gray cat house that we have up in the front window. So you want me to like talk like like this? Yeah, well, like whatever works. I mean, I don't really. Yours is so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't enable creepy voice. What if I read the story like this? <laughs> If you read the story like that. <laughs> like, if you were supposed to say that one line, it was like, He looked up at me terrified, and you just read the entire story like that. <laughs> I could probably talk like this. Whatever works. Like I said. That works. I guess. Okay. Well, now I'm going to actually start now. Because I'm dragging this out for no reason. Mirror. Then the hum returned, low and distant, in my body. David looked up at me. Self, the hum was scared. Felt something inside me. Yes. Your skin's peeling off. It's okay. It's dead skin from your. Skin. Like, please. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Slammed the knife at his chest and ripped down. Blackness in the room, and I was falling. The darkness around me was like nothing I experienced at the room before was dark, but it didn't come close to what was completely engulfed me. I wasn't even sure if. I felt weightless, covered in dark, then a deep me. Suicidal. The sight of my parents entered my mind. I knew it wasn't real, but and the mind was has trouble differentiating between what is real and what isn't. This is only deep. 
sits in room nine for what seemed like days. The final room, and that's exactly what it was. The end. It had an end, and I reached it. Up, up, that, yeah. That moment, I gave up. I knew I would be in that in-between state forever, accompanied by nothing but darkness. Not even the hum there to keep me sane. Okay, well, why would a hum that persuaded you to kill yourself keep you sane? That's my question. Who knows? If a hum was there, what? Who knows what? Yeah, what would it kill himself? Would it keep you sane? It definitely wouldn't keep me sane. Yeah. Oof, man. Okay, I'm gonna start. I had lost all sense. I couldn't feel myself. I couldn't hear anything. It was completely useless here. I searched around. I felt disembodied and completely lost. I knew what this was. This was hell. It was hell. Then it happened. A light. One of those lights at the end of the I felt below I was standing after a moment or two my thought senses as I approached the light it took the side of an unmarked door so so back where I started the lobby so empty so decorated with childish Halloween decorations after everything that happened that night, I was so wary of where I was. Normality. I looked in the place trying to find anything different. On the desk was a plain white envelope written on it. Curious. Yes, I muttered up. I muttered the courage. Opened the envelope. Inside was a letter again, handwritten. David Williams. Congratulations, you've made it to end. Please accept this prize as a token of great achievement. Yours forever, management. With the five hundred dollar bills. Couldn't stop laughing. I laughed. Hours. I laughed as I walked to my car. I laughed as I drove home. I laughed as I pulled into the driveway. I laughed as I opened the front door to my house. And I laughed as I saw the small ten etched into the wood. The end. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> if you brought yourself and if you found yourself in that situation, I feel like I would. Like flipping out. I would be terrified, like, no matter what. I would be just pure terrified. Like, pure fear. Like, I wouldn't even be thinking about anything else. I would just be thinking about getting out of there. Like the other person was? Mm hmm. I was like, I just need to get out of here. Well, it seems that. No end house really doesn't have an end. 
which is upsetting. Yeah. But I mean, it's in the name, so. I would probably die of a heart attack before I reach room three. Same. Like, I probably have a... Because you know how I am. You know how I am with with, uh, haunted houses. Those things freaking scare me, dude. I I would probably have a freaking stroke in room four. (laughs) I would have been like... Um, just, I would sit down in the chair, and if there was a demon that, like, was possessing the chair, and it, like, killed me, I would be like, you know what? I wanted to sit in the chair. I paid the price for that. Yeah. Like. Was my creepy voice okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. <laughs> what should we talk about now? We could do another creepypasta that isn't as long as that one, because that one was really long. Yeah, that one was really freaking long. It's Our podcast episode is now over an hour long, because we had to record it three times. Which is a lot. The last time? Yeah, we did the last time, which was uh, a shorter one. The first one was really long. And then this one we're still doing. Um. Hmm. Do you want to read a different one? Maybe. You want to hear something really weird? Yeah. You want to just talk for the rest of the sun, sun baby from Teletubbies is a real person? I know. It's a real person and it's spooky. It's like, oh my god. It's not. They had this... to use serious special effects on that baby face. Yeah. Like, like immense special effects on that baby face. Yeah. Like, they had to make it glow. They had to make it, like, yellow. They had to make it in the shape of a sun. Like, seriously. Dude, you know what we could do? Hmm. We could read the rake because that's not a short. That's a that's a shorter story. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like uh five times shorter than No End House. Like, no End House is a game. It's not a game. It's um. It's a. Wasn't it like a movie or a TV show? Or something? I don't remember. I think it was like a movie. But, um... I kind of want to watch the movie. If it's a movie. We should probably talk about the Slenderman movie. That one was cool. You didn't like it. The Slenderman movie was the only one that ever gave me nightmares. I cannot get nightmares from any other movie that I've watched that's a horror movie ever. 
Like, not even the 2017 It movie, which was the first real horror movie I ever watched. You know what was the only thing that made me really upset, though? What? It was because they had surround sound speakers, and there was so much static that it was, like, actually hurting my brain. I think that was most of it, because I'm really sensitive around static. Like, if I look at it, my head hurts. If I hear it, my head really hurts. So, there was a lot of static in that movie. It was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was a good movie. It just scared the living daylights out of me when the static wouldn't go away and my head hurt really, really, really bad. Yeah, I remember you, like, not wanting to come out of um, Uncle Jesse's room. Or whoever room that was. I think it, it was either Chelsea's or Uncle Jesse's. I was dying of not wanting to go out because yeah, I remember like we had we waited like fifteen minutes, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh heck no!" Yeah, you didn't. You did not want to come out of that room. You were like, "Nay, I am not leaving this room. I am staying here." Until... For the rest of my time here. I'm staying here until I... You know, I just... Until I die. I'm just dying in this room. Okay, what if... Like, no end, like, what if No End House actually had an ending? It does, technically, but, like, not really. I mean... It said that there was only nine nine rooms, but his house was the tenth room, so. Um, he actually in the second part gets to, he gets $500. He does get $500, but he's living in no house now. Yeah, touche. Dude, I would want to be the management of a house. That sounds really fun. All right. Just watching someone be plunged into insanity because of my house. That would be great. Like, what if management is the demon girl thing? That would be so cool. What if that was management? I don't know. That would be cool. That would be cool, but that would also mean that you have to have, like, a Satan-like creature following you around all the time. Because he said in the story that they share the same form. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd only assume that they never leave each other's side. Yeah, I mean, you'd assume... Oh, no, my combos! You're eating combos? Yeah. 
Lucky. Having a good time. But hey, I walked like half a mile to get these, so. Dude, what flavor? The cheese pizza ones. Dude, those are my favorite snack besides Takis. I don't seem. And then they just decided to fall into my bed. <laughs> They fell into your bed? They fell on my bed, and then I had to pick them up, and now there's a bunch of freaking crumbs on my bed, and now I'm mad. <laughs> it's not funny! Because you're talking in a funny voice, so it's funny. <laughs> it's not funny! <laughs> you sound like if Kermit was really, really mad. <laughs> <laughs> you almost kind of sound like you almost kind of sound like animal it's not funny okay it's really not funny I understand yeah. that you think it's funny and that you're chuckling about it but it's not all that funny to me <laughs> you gonna sleep on crumbs now <laughs> <laughs> You know what would be really scary? What? To have bed bugs. No. No. None. None. No. Bed bugs are creepy. Think about that. It was nasty. <laughs> they nasty. Bug bites are na- bug bites. Bed bugs are nasty. They're gremlins. They're the they're the Logan of the bug world. Are you talking about your brother? Yes. <laughs> Inserts brother. My brother is a beast. And you can't deny it. If you say he ain't a... I'ma beat you. Oh. That's... Okay. Wait, um... what did I say? I don't remember. (laughs) I'ma beat you is what you said. (laughs) Okay. And I have no words to combat that, so... I'm gonna... I was gonna say something, but then I was like... Oh, how about I don't? Yeah. (laughs) Well, back to the topic of the rake, which we could totally read. Or we could just talk about our problems for this entire time. Maybe. Hmm. No, it makes me sad. What? There's a seasonal bug in Animal Crossing. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a tarantula. Yeah. And if you get bit by it, it uh makes you faint and you uh end up on the doorstep of your house. Yeah. And there's uh I thought they were all gone because it's a seasonal bug. It's not around in July. But there's scorpions that do the same thing. And they're not That's really upsetting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sleep? No. Oh, no. I'm playing New Horizon. I'm playing, I'm playing New Horizon. Yeah. Because New Horizon is the Iowa. I need to walk to Iowa just to play Animal Crossing with you. <laughs> You seriously need to play New Horizons. It's really bad. <laughs> what, New Horizons is bad? Yeah. No, you need to play it really bad, is what I said. It's like, why would you be telling me to play it if it's really bad? <laughs> no, it's not. Tom Nook is a saint in this game. Is like, he still a bunch- Is he still a money-stealing bastard? <laughs> Dude, okay. Well, the person that made this this specific game said that half of the money that he takes from you goes to charity. So that's pretty cool. Still stealing my hard-earned bells. Dude, you know what? I have a loan taken out because I upgraded the size of my house. Mm-hmm. Guess how much money I have to pay him? How much? Over 350,000 bells. Well, let's be happy that we don't have, um, like, what's it called? Oh my god, I feel so dumb right now. What is it called? What's what called? You know where it adds on every year? A savings account? Mm-mm. No, um... Tax with interest? Loans. With loans. Like a... Oh, you mean like a... Um... Oh, you not paying it in time? Yeah. And then, and then you get a fee for it, and the fee keeps getting bigger and bigger the longer yeah. you don't pay a lot. That thing! What's that called? A voice I don't crack. remember. A voice crash one one I don't remember, honestly, but I know what you're talking about, and I really am thankful that we don't have that in that game. I feel like if you guys had that in your game, I feel like, I feel like if I was in, in that, if, I feel like if I was in that game, um, I wouldn't want to play it. I think Dude, if I had to pay off, if I had to pay off 350,000 bells in, like, a month, that would be impossible. Except I have a lot of money because I go fishing and I pick all the fruit off of trees from other islands. But from your siblings' islands. My siblings don't actually play the game. You should make them play it just so that you can um steal their fruit. Yeah, like when they get big, when they get when they're islands you know get you know like big stars or whatever and they actually have stuff that you can trade 
Mm-hmm. I'm, st- I'm coming for all your fruit. <laughs> I'm coming for your lily of the valleys. Everything. If those are actually in the game, I'd be super happy because lily of the valleys are like super pretty. They are. They're in the game. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Um, my cousin... I have a, I have a, I have a freaking great white shark in my house. So does my little brother. <laughs> he has a the first whale time shark. I... He had a whale oh, dude. shark in his pocket. I I can name a bunch of sharks that I've caught already. I've caught a sucker fish, which is technically a shark. I've caught a saw shark. I've caught a whale shark. I've caught a uh, a great white shark. There's also another shark called an oarfish, and it actually looks really cool. And there's also this um, like giant sunfish. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's super big. It's like, do you know what an olive flounder is? Um, like those fish that all that only lay on its side, and it's got like eyes on the side of its head instead of on both sides. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like three times the size of that. Dang. Oh yeah, I have a whale shark too. And they're all in my museum. Yeah, my um, my cousin. I think he's technically my cousin, but I call him my cousin because that's too technical. But what? What? He has like a bunch of stuff, and you know his island is very nice, and he has a bunch of custom flowers. You can make custom flowers. Yeah. Because he has That's golden, really cool. he has golden rose. That's so cool. I didn't even know you could do that. Right now, it's eleven thirty here. But fine, I'll talk to you. But I'll I'll you stay up. Past my bedtime, just for you. I'm staying up past my bedtime. Oh, oh god. I need to send you something. This is adorable. Imagine. What's adorable? Check this cord. Give me a second. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. What is your favorite animal and why? A snake because I'm a Slytherin. Um, what's your favorite breed of cat and why? Um, black cat because yes. No, I said breed, not color. Calico like cat? A tabby. Um, oh, calico cats are sick. Calico cat because I have one. You have a calico? Phoenix. Oh, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Send me a picture. Oh, 
Oh, is it a bunny? Yeah, look at it. Look at the little bunny. It's cute. Look at the little bunny. It's adorable. Sing your song that you have most obsessed over right now. Okay. Like currently, currently the song you're obsessed with. Okay, give me one sec. Let me sit up. I'm just like chilling. And stuff, and if I sung it, it would be really bad. Let me get the crumb. Wait, first. First, what's the song called? Uh oh. Oh boy. I'm scared now. Because I kind of relate to it a little too much. Really? Yeah. Okay. My nerves are getting the better of me. I must hug Mr. B. <laughs> I have a B plushie. And he's so soft. And I love him. Dude, you know what? What? We should go as the Transformers for Halloween one year, and I want Gabe to dress up as Bumblebee because they're the shortest. Mm-hmm. I call being pessimistic crime. AKA Megatron. <laughs> you can be Optimus. I don't know if I'd be Optimus Prime. He's he he very tall. Oh, I could be Optimus Prime. Because you're the tallest person. Yeah. Wait, are you taller than Chelsea? But okay. Saying your song. I don't know why, but I'm feeling really anxious singing in front of you. <laughs> well, you were singing in the other one, and it sounded really good, and I'm not going to judge you for it, because all singing is beautiful, except for when you do this. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Count your calories. I never looked good in mom jeans. Wish I... Was like you, blue eyed blondie, perfect body. Maybe you should try harder. You should lower your expectations. I'm no quick crop barbie. I was never cut out for prom queen. If I'm pretty, will you like me? They say beauty makes boys happy. I I missed an entire part. I like going to the high note. That's why I like singing this song. I messed up. That's okay. If you mess up, it's fine. Mr. B isn't working. I'm going to hug Trisilla instead. Okay. Wait, what? Shut up. 
count your calories. I never looked good in mom jeans. Wish I was like you, blue-eyed, blonde, perfect body. Maybe I should try harder. You should lower your expectations. I'm no clerk or Barbie. I was never cut out for prom queen. If I get more ready, do you think you will like me? Dissect my insecurity. I'm the deep project. It's getting hard to breathe. There's plastic wrap in my cheeks. Maybe I should try harder. You should lower your beauty standards. I'm no clip for Barbie. I was never cut out for prom queen. If I'm pretty, will you like me? They say beauty makes boys happy. I've been starving myself, carving skin until my bones are showing. Teach me how to be okay. I don't want to downplay my emotions. They say beauty is pain. You'll only be happy if you look a certain way. And then the rest of the song is instrumental. So. Well, it's really good. And I like it. Thank you. And you sing really well. Thank you. <laughs> Do we sing another song that I really like? Currently, do you know what AGT stands for? What? 